Where will the whale head coaches land in the 2024 offseason? Are the playoffs overrated? Do teams look too much into being bad and still in the playoffs? All that and more coming up on today's Peacock and Williamson Mailbag. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office. With elite breakdowns, next-level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock alongside Matt Williamson at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Big ups to the everydayers out there. Make sure you are subscribed on YouTube. And everywhere you get your podcast, we appreciate you for that. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50 plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com and use code locked on to get $20 off your order. That's Jace, J A S E, medical.com. All right, mailbag time. We've got a ton of questions to get to here, of course. Yeah. Coaching carousel happening right now. The big one on Tuesday was the firing of Mike Vrabel, and there's still potentially more to come and be added to the list, but that makes six teams now that have head coach vacancies. And maybe, Matt, is this this is my own question to you before we get to the question from our listeners. Is this the best crop of head coach candidates mm. in a while? Maybe, I don't know, ever. Yes, I think is the answer. I mean, it just, I think it's a one word answer that there's a lot of highly qualified guys. And usually we're not talking about whales, you know, I mean, there's some big name dudes that have won well, a ton of games at this level. And sometimes I think that they're, every coaching cycle is different. You know, like I always go back to last year at this time when half the league changed offensive play callers slash coordinators, like, was there really 16 great candidates out there, you know, to improve your better than the 16 that got canned? You know what I mean? Like sometimes the pool's not as deep as you think in terms of making coaching changes. And it's always a hard thing to comment on, but I don't know that anyone really talks about it in that, in that regard. But in terms of guys, I would like to take over my favorite team. There's plenty out there that I'm really intrigued with this year. So yes, I think this is a great crop. Scott's question on Twitter is where will those whale head coaches land this offseason? What are the best landing spots? Let's try to draw some connections here between those jobs yeah. and some of these coaches and where we think they might fit. Um, I want to start with the Raiders because to me, they're a whale only destination. And it might be a Jim Harbaugh yeah. destination yeah. because Antonio Pierce did such a great job. Unless you get like one of the biggest names out there, unless it's Belichick, Harbaugh, maybe Vrabel, but and and there's the you know the the rumors out there that Jim Harbaugh would be the one it would be about the only guy that you could justify not just hiring Antonio Pierce as your permanent head coach after the job he did as interim uh we've seen so many times where you know the interim coach gives you that bump that first year and then it turns out ah maybe he's not actually a head coach and everyone just got pumped up and played a little harder the rest of the year but as far as big picture goes maybe that guy wasn't ready or that guy wasn't uh, head coach material after all uh, only they know in the inside the building or they have a better idea inside the building than than we do about that with Antonio Pierce if they're even thinking about bringing in another coach maybe they're not 
sure about Antonio Pierce, or maybe it is just mm-hmm. one of those whales is the only thing that could swing him. So as far as the Raiders go, I think it's Antonio Pierce or like Jim Harbaugh. And that's it. 100% agree. Now, in this whale conversation, I think we have to include Belichick. I mean, as of the time we're recording this, we don't know anymore. He can slow play things. Some things I've been hearing about Belichick, and I want to get back to the Raiders in a minute, are he's just kind of playing hardball. You know, like, you want to trade me? Well, I can put my stamp of approval on that. I'm not giving up my first-round pick for my new team so you can trade me. You know, like, right. everyone wants to do these Sean Payton deals, but – that's great, but why would I hurt my old my new team and help you when I can just make you fire me? You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> I can sit here and I'll go there anyway. Let's say it's uh, the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, let's yeah. draw some connections there. Let's say Belichick says, I want to go to sunny Southern California, mm-hmm. <laughs> the East Coast for the first time in, I don't know, 40 years. Uh, <laughs> right, he, right. He's always coached. Uh, he's, he's grew up, coached everything on the East Coast, right, as far as I know. Um, Giants, Browns. Yeah. Military so, school, yeah, right. Um, I, I don't know if that's a long shot. You know, I don't know if the the Spanos family would would go there anyway. But let's say that that that's the the connection. Mm-hmm. If you're the Chargers, and if you're Belichick, you're not giving up the number five pick in the NFL draft, right? Right. Or yeah. even Atlanta, they have eight or nine or whatever. You know, like mm-hmm. I'm not giving you that to New England, and then you know, play against, you know, help my, one of my 31 opponents and hurt myself, you know, when uh, I, coaches trades have always been weird to me. I think that now they have more power than ever. I mean, Peyton wasn't even a league, so maybe that was a little different at the time. You know, he was one to get back in and, you know, he didn't care if the Saints gained something, but still, why do I want to hurt the team I go to? So that's one angle I think to think about a lot here with a, and maybe Vrabel said the same thing, like, oh, fire me. You know, I mean, I'm sure somebody would have given you a draft pick for Vrabel, but I don't want my new team to have to do that. So the other thing that get back to Pierce, because I'm with you, I think it's a whale or Pierce. He's earned that. My only concerns with Pierce are he's only been a coach for like four years. I mean, a coach. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a, and that's what happens a lot with interim coaches. It's not it's yeah. not even one of the coordinators that's calling plays. He was a linebacker coach, and then you just mm-hmm. you know, like, oh, this is the best rah rah guy. He can rally the troops. He's going to be the interim coach. But you know, the experience he hasn't done. You know, the extensive game planning that someone who's been a coordinator for sure. you know a decade has done. Um, clearly knows a lot about the game and, and knows a lot about the organization. Cares about the organization, which is huge too. And um, you need somebody who can rally the troops. So he's got that going for him. It's mm-hmm. just you know, big picture where he's at. He hasn't coached that long. There's rough waters and things he's never dealt with ahead. I mean, there's there's no question about that. And now expectations are different. It's not a cutesy story. You go to go to the media every week and deal with them and every little bad thing and every coaching decisions under a bigger microscope. But maybe even my bigger concern, and I'm not doubting him, he might be the uh, savant, but he also doesn't know that many people. You know, when you coach a long time, you get fired a lot. You're on a lot of different staffs. You end up with friends and, you know, you work 100-hour weeks together and you become Roll very close. With you. Yeah, exactly. You know, so – this applies to all defensive coaches that are in the, the coaching circle for me right now, even to a slightly degree with like Vrabel and Belichick, who this doesn't apply to. They know everybody. But if I'm the owner, Pierce is a good example, but there'll be other defensive guys, like uh, the defense coordinator for the Ravens. I'm sitting down with that guy and be like, I think you'll be a fine head coach. Coach McDonald, I think you're going to be a tremendous head coach. But who's going to be your offensive coordinator? 
And if you land me a great one, is he going to leave in a year? You know, right. like D'Amico Ryan's perfect example. Hey, D'Amico, you might be coach of the year this year, but you just lost your offensive coordinator to the Falcons after one year. Yeah. And Vrabel went through that. You know, like Vrabel had LaFleur. He had um, Arthur, Arthur Smith. Smith. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, can you get a third one? Like, it's like picking a new quarterback every two years. You know, you get a hit three times in a row. That's and hard. having a quarterback would help that. Sure. Uh, sure. Theoretically. So, you know, but if you're the Chargers, you just went defensive head mm-hmm. coach. Do you go defensive head coach again? Or do you say, uh, screw this, we need an offensive mind head coach because our defense still wasn't good? Anyway, we want to help out Justin Herbert. I actually like Harbaugh in I Los like Angeles. Chargers. Chargers. Yes. Me too. Because. He is the ultimate confidence instiller. Mm-hmm. And he can come in and instantly, I think, have things going in the right direction with Justin Herbert and have him at a at a maximum confidence level. Um, and they really need, you know, that that big I think they need that big swing with the Chargers too. So I would if I had to guess right now, I think Pierce stays with the yeah. and by the way, the defensive coordinator for the Raiders, Patrick Graham's getting head coach interviews too. I wonder if they would go there instead of Pierce, you know, wow. uh, which would be interesting and kind of hard to do. But imagine Pierce losing somehow keep, a, keep them together, you know. I mean, yeah, yeah, somehow to, not like it'd be a group job, but we'll call you defense coordinator and assistant head coach and yeah, give you a right. little bump or something like that, you know, maybe to help Pierce out, be his wingman, you know. Back to the Chargers. I know we gotta get to a break, but if I'm ownership slash front office, I want a whale. I want a culture changer. I want Harbaugh. And just because I think this organization needs a total 180, the way they play everything, all, all the above. But I also, and this is more of a once somebody gets hired conversation, you know, when we get the free agency, if I'm the Chargers, I might consider not tanking, but trading Bosa, Allen, Williams, Derwin, get all my bad contracts out of the building, have no cap space this year. Poor Herbert's going to have a tough go of it. You know, we're gonna, he's got Slater and Zion and a couple of linemen. Eckler's gone. You win three games. You have a high pick this year, and then you're, you are you paid all your bills. You know what I mean? You're probably trading down on the draft this year to add more. Yeah, it's, it's that all makes more sense, right? And building it, right? And building around your quarterback, and so um, draft you know, a bunch I'm, of linemen. You know, right? If not, if not Harbaugh, maybe Ben Johnson. You know, help mm-hmm. go help out Justin Herbert, and um, and I just don't. It doesn't feel like a Vrabel or or Belichick destination anyway. Me neither. Yeah. I think Harbaugh there, Pierce in in I would say Oakland, but the Raiders. Yeah, I, I will say. Um, Having so for the commanders having the number two pick in the draft and for the chargers having Justin Herbert already, I do think that makes it a pretty big time destination. So yeah, I, I'm not gonna say that they can't get the biggest of biggest whales there potentially too. So that's an interesting one. I, I think a lot of coaches, GMs are probably looking at that job thinking this is actually a really good job. I agree. I, I think Washington's a better job than give it credit for. And I'm sure that there's some stink of former ownership still there, but it's on the way out at least. You're at least fumigating before you got there. Mm-hmm. And I think Atlanta's a better job than you think. I mean, if you have a path to a quarterback, which maybe that's offering the Bears a fortune for number one or a second for Fields or signing Cousins, but I'm not saying they're a quarterback away, but if I'm Belichick and I'm looking at Atlanta, I'm like, I can get Brissett and then I'm going to try to trade up. 
eh, I could win that division this year, you know? Let's uh, put some more names to that, finish up this question, and move on. We've got a lot of good ones in today's Peacock and Williamson mailbag, talking about uh, Jordan Love in Aaron Rodgers' shadow, and uh, a couple of questions about the NFL playoffs as well next. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by Jace Medical and the Jace Case. And I know we come here to talk about sports, kind of escape from the crazy realities of real real life. But uh, let's talk about real life for just a second and preparing for potentially the worst that can happen, being prepared. And according to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of some antibiotics like amoxicillin. And, you know, right now it's in the middle of flu season and uh, you could be caught in a natural disaster. There are storms in certain places, earthquakes in other places. And maybe you're just traveling with your family and you're not going to be connected to society. You're not going to be in cell phone range and you have special needs and certain needs for certain medications for your family or for yourself. And you don't want to get stuck with supply chain issues or anything that could keep you from life-saving medication that you potentially need And that's where Jace Medical and the Jace Case comes in. The Jace Case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, uh, skin infections, among many, many others. This stuff could happen to any of us. And that's why you go to jacemedical.com, complete your physician visit. It'll be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important than now to be prepared. So go to jacemedical.com and use our promo code locked on to get $20 off your order. That is Jace Medical, J A S E Medical.com. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is also brought to you by our friends at Prize Picks, Daily Fantasy Sports Made Easy. And it's not just you against a pool of other players. You're not playing against pros at Prize Picks, you're not playing against sharks at Prize Picks. It's just you against the numbers. Here's what you do. You pick two to six players, and you pick more or less than their stat projections on prize picks and watch the winnings roll in. Up to 25 times your money this football season, this basketball season, this hockey season, this baseball season. You get the idea at prize picks. Select two or more players and turn 10 bucks into 250 bucks. And you can make some combo bets as well, which is really cool. It's a new feature at prize picks. For example... LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 combo of three points made plus receptions in a, in a given day. So DFS made easy at price picks. All you got to do is go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100 price picks daily fantasy sports made easy. Okay. Pierce to the Raiders Harbaugh to the chargers. So there's no Belichick yet. If Belichick leaves, I like Belichick, Matt, to the Atlanta Falcons. Me too. And then Vrabel to the Patriots. But if Belichick doesn't leave, how about just Vrabel right down to Atlanta? Hmm. Not bad. Not bad at all. Uh, I could see that, but I think Belichick's leaving. I I firmly believe that. Uh, I hope that that doesn't pop, you know, the next hour before the right when this comes out or whatever. I mean, I think they're going to slow down. Okay. So Vrabel goes to New England and you like Belichick with Atlanta more than, say, the Washington Commanders? Yes. Those are my two spots for him, though. I I think both of them are. (laughs) I'm sorry, Panthers fans. I just don't see any of these big time coaches going to work with David Tepper. I don't either. I mean, so the other two that come to mind are Johnson in Detroit and McDonald in Baltimore. But of course, they're going to have to wait. You know, I mean, there's that part where now we wait for some candidates. What do you think about Johnson saying, I don't want to deal with Carolina. I want to go to Tennessee. 
Uh, that's where I had him. Ben Johnson. Bro, bro. I like okay. that connection. Old school, grind it out, coach. It's like, no, Will Levis is our new young quarterback. Let's mm-hmm. flip it. We want a new age, offensive-minded. Let's score some points, head coach. Yeah, I mean, just it seems like there was such a conflict between Vrabel and front office and ownership that they might – I'm not saying they could push Johnson around, but a rookie head coach might make sense there of – you kind of learn from us and tell and see you t- telling me uh, how I screwed up with AJ Brown every day. You know, <laughs> we got to get going quick on this, but uh, I don't want to take the whole episode on this one question. But uh, I, I want to go to the Bears really quick because that's another job that I still think could be open. And I don't care whether Justin Fields stays or you're drafting another quarterback. You got to make a change on the offensive side of the ball. And is it, you know, that's just another new offense coordinator for Justin Fields. And you know, if you're changing, my the buddy Luke Getzey yeah. just got let go this morning. Oh, did he? Uh, yeah. Oh, well. I okay. can't. So th- yes, just amazing. saw that. Okay. Well, we got, hold on. All right. Bring it we on. Oh. I didn't see that one yet. Okay. <laughs> we, got two days in a row. we got breaking news. Lou Getzey had to go, and I think that solidifies it right now. So, yeah. Abram is going to members play. of his staff. Is right. They did you hear the quote? I just want to read it real quick from DJ Moore about uh, Lou Getzey. He was asked about Lou Getzey in the offense, and he said, quote, it just comes down to us getting explosives on the offensive side. We got the players to do it. We got our quarterback to do it. Everything else, we just need the we just need to call the plays that put us in position. Uh, so when you know, so who are you talking about here, DJ? You know, yeah. One of your leaders on the team, and, and DJ Moore quickly became that for the Bears when he showed up uh, after the offseason trade last year, pretty much putting the the onus on on Luke Getzey. So I'm not surprised that you know, 24 hours later, he's now gone and out in in chicago and it hasn't been a good offense since he's been there so again if we're just reacting to immediate news and this happened like an hour ago so we are makes me think Eberflus is safe then though you know you were they were can't everybody yeah no doubt yep yep. yeah that was a life-saving move for matt Eberflus. that you know the team seems to rally around him he you know Mm -hmm. a good job defense but again we're talking about these defense if i'm an an owner if i'm a gm i'm really trying to get a really really good offensive-minded head coach because it is so hard even if you get it right with that yeah. head coach, you get it right with a defensive-minded guy, he could still have trouble. We've seen it with Vrabel. We've seen it now with Aberflus in Chicago to try to fix the rest of it and try to. It's hard to get a quarterback if you're not if you're not a good offensive coordinator. It's hard to to help the quarterback that might be the right pick, and you still don't know if it's the right pick at quarterback because it's been coordinated so poorly for you. And if you bring you don't want to bring in a new quarterback with still a poorly coordinated offense because he's going to get ruined too. Um, and you know, it helps if you already know you have a good quarterback first, and then you can evaluate the coordinator easier. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just uh, it's just a tough situation to be in there. And so uh, hopefully this is the offseason that turns around for Chicago with the offensive side of the ball and, and finding their true quarterback of the future. But it's not going to be a head coach change now that uh, that Luke Getzey is gone. So we'll talk to no end about should they trade fields, blah, blah, blah. But now their immediate need, no matter who's playing quarterback in 2024, is now they need a quarterback developer. Quick question for you here. Um, we talked about Belichick and you know the whales. If you're if you're Belichick, if you're Mike Vrabel, Matt, you you are a big time whale of a head coach candidate. Do you do you prefer the Chargers? Do you prefer the Washington Commanders, or do you prefer the the Atlanta Falcons? I'm really warming up to Atlanta because really? I think their defense got noticeably better. If we look at two years ago, Atlanta had a great running game with a really good O-line. And that went backwards, but you now have Bijan and basically the same O-line, the Lindstroms of the world and Matthews and those guys. 
I look at Pitts and London and Bijan as massively untapped resources. I look at that division as I could get to the top of this thing in no mm-hmm. time. I, I don't know if I can overcome Mahomes. And how do is, I get a quarterback? Yeah, how do you get a quarterback? Right. What's the plan right. for quarterback? You got the eighth pick. If you're Washington, you have the second pick. That's a pretty easy answer. If you are Los Angeles Chargers, you already got Justin Herbert. It's a pretty easy answer. Um, you know, and and you'd be lucky with the second pick to get a quarterback as good as Justin Herbert in, in a lot of cases for the for the Washington Commanders. So that's to me why I rank those uh, those jobs in that order. I go Chargers, Washington, Atlanta because quarterback is that important. Uh, it's um, the hardest thing to get in sports is a franchise quarterback, and one team has one. Justin Fields to Atlanta does does that fix it? I'm at least interested. You know, if you're a defensive coach, who's your offensive coordinator is going to fix Justin Fields? Right, 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 right. So this is crazy talk, in my opinion, but I've heard some people say the Chargers, if they blow it up, should also trade Herbert for three first-round picks or whatever. I'm not in that camp ever, ever, ever. I mean, if you got the guy, you're always going to be searching for the guy. No. But if that would ever happen, and I was Atlanta, I'd say take my firstborn and give me Herbert, and I'll be the best team in, in the division by far. Very different. That's that's what I'm talking about with that, right, that, exactly. that capital of a quarterback, the second pick versus the eighth pick. It, the Atlanta Falcons are miles away with the eighth pick in, in trying to mm-hmm. figure that out. And it's not that they can't find that guy there. And it's not that the number two pick is guaranteed to be good. In a lot of cases, uh, the track record doesn't show that Washington is that likely to hit on it. But as far as this draft process goes and what we know about these quarterbacks, one and two look like a better opportunity than the, than the rest. And we'll see if that turns uh, out. We often yeah. ramble and I screw up your schedule too often, but again, if field, if Eber flues to stay in which he is and he loves fields, everybody loves fields. And number one pick is shopping. Atlanta is a perfect team too, to go up to whatever you want. Yeah. I like it. I like yeah, that yeah. a lot. And we're yeah. going to talk about that tomorrow in a, in a mock draft episode mm-hmm. as well. No matter what, Atlanta and Chicago need to talk. Yeah. So Thursday, we're talking mock draft. We're uh, looking at the, the top of the NFL draft, and I think uh, quarterback trade scenarios is going to be a big part of that one as well. All right, more from the Peacock and Williamson mailbag next. Today's episode is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. And a lot of times people say, hey, it's a new year. It's a new year. It's a new me. And that's the wrong way to look about it. Around New Year's, we get obsessed with how to change ourselves instead of just expanding on what we're already doing right. There's a lot of good happening in your life. Expand on that and, and continue making progress in that direction. And so therapy helps you find those strengths and you can ditch the extreme resolutions and make changes that really stick. So if you've been thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you do is you fill out a brief questionnaire, you get matched with a licensed therapist, and if you don't hit it off of that therapist, that's okay. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge and use that convenience to get therapy on your timeline when you need it with BetterHelp Online Therapy. Celebrate the progress you've already made at BetterHelp.com slash locked on. And today, get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash locked on. Okay, we touched on this for a second uh, about coaches in, in playoff teams. And Joey Bag of Donuts, the frequent question asker, says, is it an advantage for a team to make the playoffs because teams needing coaches won't take your coordinators because they have to wait to interview them. And why do teams insist on being so quick on hiring a new coach? Well, then you get the process started quicker. You know, I mean, if uh, hypothetical, Atlanta hires Vrabel tonight, he can go build his staff. He can start scouting his players. You know, he's employed by the team. He's got a month ahead of whoever else to 
prepare for the off season and next season and, you know, goofy things. I mean, that's people don't think about these things. Like, but when, when I went to Akron, it was in, and by no means is my career, or anything like these guys. But when I got to Akron, we were in the midst of recruiting season and I was basically in charge of recruiting. I didn't know where the library was. I didn't know where to park, you know, like I'm trying to teach kids and parents about the school and I know nothing about it. You know, like there's, what's your favorite pizza joint in Atlanta? You know what I mean? Like you need to know these things, you know? So getting there as soon as possible has a lot of advantages. I do think being one of the coaches on the Niners or Ravens or whatever is a disadvantage. You know, I think you're going to lose some ties because people are going to have to wait for you. Yeah, and it's easier to fill the rest of your staff as well. And all yeah, those, they're dropping like flies. You might have if you're a head coach candidate and you are on a Super Bowl team, and you know you're you're doing an interview the week before the Super Bowl or something, and then you have to wait until after the Super Bowl, and then you're finally hired, and then you're hiring your assistants. All the best assistants have already been hired up by the other teams that already mm-hmm. got their head coaches. It's a very faulty process, and you know, ideally was would be in the perfect world. You're not allowed to talk to anyone until the day after the Super Bowl. Go. It's like but free. Of course, Exactly. For coaches, yeah. But of course, that's never, ever going to have, it's not feasible. And then the other aspect of it, I think you and I talk about this every year at this time is, okay, the Lions, both their coordinators are getting attention. Well, shouldn't you be preparing for the Rams? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like get, gearing up for a head coach's interview is not yeah. a five minute conversation or you and I before the air, like, hey, what do you want to talk about today? Like this takes a lot of time out of your week. Right. Yeah. Especially for coaches. So if you're an, if you're an assistant GM looking for a GM mm-hmm. job there, that team's going to be okay that week, you know, getting the roster right, ready right, right, to play right. like that, that you don't go to LSU that week. Okay. Right, you know, exactly. go next week. Get it right. <laughs> um, Ryan says our playoffs overrated with eight win teams getting in 10 win teams, sometimes getting left out. Do teams owners overvalue playoff appearances by teams with really little to no chance to actually win the Super Bowl? You and I, in, in the the dark times, there's like that three-week period, dark times, like it's the you know the dark Indeed. ages or something. You know, when we're hurting for content, should do a whole podcast on this because I deal with this every day of my life. You know, like I have gotten a check from two different NFL teams in my life, one with the Browns helmet on it, one with the Steelers helmet. I can promise you Browns people don't look at it like the playoffs are overrated. Better example – the Lions don't look at it like getting in the playoffs is overrated. I mean, they, but my t- hometown where I presently get a check from signed by Mr. Rooney, I hear this all the time, you know, oh, Tomlin's gone a million seasons in a row without a winning record, but he doesn't want a playoff game in what, four or five years. Eh, who cares? I don't want to win nine or 10 games. I, I don't want to just get in the playoffs and get blown out by the bills. I see both sides, but I'd rather be the Steelers and Lions, especially for the last 50 years. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> Not this year, but there, uh, and it's a similar question. We, we get a lot of questions about, you know, Kirk Cousins, where's the fit mm-hmm. for him? You pay him. How much do you pay him? Uh, to us, he worth getting one of the top uh, contracts. Is he going to be overpaid? And it's like, well, half the league would kill to have Kirk Cousins or Tua playing quarterback. Right, right, right. Right. And so, you almost have to pay him because, you know, but are you locking yourself into, ah, well, we're for sure not going to have Allen or Mahomes, but who has Allen or Mahomes? Not five many, of them. Right? So um, it, it gets this, you know, do you lock yourself into mediocrity and is mediocrity okay? And if you're, you know, uh, if you're the Falcons, you're drafting eight every year and you're trying to be competitive, you're the Titans trying to be competitive, you win a couple extra games, does it actually hurt you? 
to get better because you don't have a top two pick to get maybe that difference making quarterback that you actually need. So um, mm-hmm. it's sort of a, you know, a circular conversation. And I, I have accused the Vikings and, you know, you kind of talk about with the Steelers there as well. The Vikings have been that team where it's like, you got to do something. You can't just keep being in the middle of the league every single mm-hmm. year. Do bad or be good, but pick one side. I mean, there is a purgatory that's awful. You know, yeah. I mean, the I was thinking about like the Matt Schaub Texan led team. You know, they had like Andre Johnson and JJ Watt, but they mm-hmm. were they'd sneak in at eight wins, Bill O'Brien, nine wins, and they're unbelievably non threatening. Like, I don't think the Steelers are threatening this year, but I do think it's it, it, Steeler fandom or no matter what, I wanted them to get in this year as opposed to having the 16th pick in the draft. I mean, instead they'll pick 22nd and get playoff experience. You know what I mean? Like there's something to be said for that. Even if you get your doors blown off in Buffalo, which very well could happen. Uh, We had a question I wanted to get to about Saquon Barkley and Derrick Henry and their potential landing spots. We got plenty of time to talk free agency here. I want to get to this question from Grant and finish it off here. How differently would we be talking about Jordan Love if he wasn't playing in Aaron Rodgers' shadow, like Rodgers stayed in Green Bay and Love was traded to Atlanta or something like that, and it played out this way? Well, we, we could rewind 20 years ago and ask the same question about Rodgers. You know, I mean, <laughs> it's always awful to follow the man. You know, I mean, you don't want to be the guy that follows the guy. You want to be the guy after that. And that same is going to be probably true for Belichick's successor. I mean, is, it, is it in some ways better to be in a shadow and get three years and sit on the bench Oh, I think it's a great strategy to be amazing on day one. I think that's even right. More like Lawrence was expected to be amazing before he even put his pads on, you know, yeah. where love can be like, ah, I'll chill here and learn from Aaron and Aaron can and, chill and learn from Brett. And, you know, it's a great strategy if you could do it. I mean, if you I mean, draft season, a quarterback when you don't need one. Right. And even this season had the opportunity to kind of slow play it in and not have to be mm-hmm. amazing all at once. And, and he wasn't expected because like this guy's great. He couldn't possibly be as good as the last guy. To the question, though, I do think the national media and Joe Average fan is a little slow to the table of how well Love has played, especially the last six weeks, two months. And and a lot of the stuff they had problems with early in the season was rookie receivers running wrong routes, not knowing where to line up. You know, they were the youngest offense in the league. And this is really how those ideas get changed. And I think people are coming yeah, around yeah. to it and people that really follow the the sport and, you know, the, the film guys out there, they really love Jordan love and, and what he's doing right now, especially with all the young receivers he's doing it with on offense. And um, you go as the seventh seed to Dallas, the two seed and beat them in the playoffs. Yeah, people are yeah. really going to be paying attention. And I think that would end pretty quickly of being un, like underrated and not getting credit. Let's wrap it up here. But I think this correlates back to the playoff question. If you're the youngest offense in the league with a first-year starting quarterback, even if I go to Dallas and get my doors blown off, I want to go to the playoffs. That's pretty important. Yeah. yeah so yeah, every, yeah. every playoff appearance is not uh, created equal. Mm-mm. Thanks for all the questions out there. Apologies to the ones we did not get to. We're going to look at a little NFL draft tomorrow before we go make our picks and preview all of the wildcard playoff games on Friday's episode of Peacock and Williamson. Make sure you're subscribed up on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcasts. Back tomorrow right here, Peacock and Williamson.